Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. But let's go to the Western Hotline now. Because my man, uh, Thad Brown, he's the sports director ever at WRRC uh, TV in Rochester. Um, you might also see him uh, co-hosting the Buffalo Kickoff Live as well here during Bill's game day. Thad, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon, man. Appreciate it. Nate, man, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, the weather's turning. Uh, we, You and I, uh, being the avid golfers that we are... Um, this has not been an easy few months. So when we see the sun, I've got buddies texting me, uh, "Hey, you ready? To, you want to go get out and golf in 38 degree weather?" And I'm, you know, considering it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, my tailor made new three with my new uh, tailor made uh, titanium sim just came nice. in the mail today. Very excited. Um, I might spend the rest of the afternoon at the range, regardless of what my wife wants me to do. But that's yeah, right. It is that time of year where you know any any. Any weather where there's not snow on the ground and, and not snow coming from the sky, and you're, you're thinking about it. But, you know, soon enough, soon enough. I mean, mid, mid-March is still early. You know, we get golfing in, in three, four weeks, and, and I'll still call that a winter out here. That's, I totally agree with you, man. But uh, tra- transitioning over to what has been already a really busy start to free agency, and it technically, again, still hasn't started. We don't see the legal tampering period technically open um, until Monday. So, Thad, with that being said, um, you, you're getting an idea of sort of the checklist for Brandon Bean. First and foremost, that checklist had J.J. Watt's name on it. Um, they didn't get J.J. Watt. And, and, and I want to pose this question to you because I kind of posed it on Twitter. Twitter earlier last week is, you know, the Bills, let's say the Bills successfully landed J.J. Watt. Do you believe, based on what Brandon Bean has prioritized this free agency period, even though it hasn't started yet, do you believe Matt Milano's contract gets done? The long-term four-year, $41 million with, you know, potentially up to $44 million with incentives gets done if J.J. Watt's in a Bills uniform right now? No, I don't think Matt Milano is, is under contract right now. And I think, you know, the, what we all thought about Milano, and you were right, you know, a few days ago, we all thought Matt Milano was probably gone. I think that would have been much more likely to happen. You know, and, and I know, you know, you just said that they have the money now to, to make a move, and there are ways to make that happen, but it's still, there are still limits. And they were not going to be able to spend, you know, I don't think on two big-time pieces on defense. I, I don't think, you know, they have any chance right now. Well, I don't say any chance, but I don't think they have a, a reasonable chance at a top-end edge rusher like a Carl Lawson. I, I think their big spend on defense was Matt Milano. 
I think Brandon Bean got a great contract. I mean, you know, when you go into free agency, I think the number one thing a team wants to try and do is get good value. You know, I don't care about fit or quality of player. If I'm going to pay $5 million for a guy, I want $5 million of of production. And if I get that in free agency, it's a win. And the contracts that the the Bills gave to Milano and Daryl Williams, I think, easily are going to fall into that category. So it's been a really good week for the Bills, no matter how you want to slice it. Yeah, you're talking about return on investment, Thad. And I think from both players, Daryl Williams, the guys that they ended up locking up long-term, Daryl Williams and Matt Milano, you're talking about at least over, let's talk about Matt Milano's first four seasons, maybe there is no better return on investment of a you know starting defensive outside linebacker than Matt Milano, who is a fifth-round pick. He's getting fifth-round salary. Um, and then you go to Daryl Williams, who's coming off of maybe people thinking his career is over before he's the, at the age of 30. Um, he goes back to the position that he's played his whole career and that felt like he could kind of come back. And I think Brandon Bean had a lot of confidence in that. So they get and they get him at a you know essentially nothing for a starting right tackle in the NFL, one of the lowest paid right starting right tackles in all the league last year. So when you're talking about you know return on investment, they got that in spades over the first four years of Matt Milano's contract, and then obviously last year with Darrell Williams. But when you project these two contracts moving forward, they can get out of Matt Milano's deal after two years if they really wanted to. They've got some options with Darrell Williams as well, but essentially. They end up adding between eight and then six, about fourteen million to the salary cap this year on two starting caliber players. Now, the kind of the flip side of this question, Thad, is is I do believe they need to find ways to get better on the roster. What they've done is maintained, I think, for for the most part, done a good, nice job maintaining the roster that they had last year. That was an AFC Championship team. Where do they get better though? Like because that's what has to happen. Is Kansas City? Maybe they take a step back with losing, you know, Mitchell Schwartz and and Eric Fisher, but they're likely going to replace them somehow, some way, whether it's the draft or in house. But everyone around you, particularly Indianapolis, even the Jets and the Dolphins, everyone's going to be getting better. So I don't think the Bills can afford to just, you know, stand pat with their roster decisions. So with that said, do you believe they still have the space after signing some of these guys? And you, you're talking about return on investment. Is there guys out there for you that you believe they need to go and, t- you know, maybe try to go and get? Maybe that's, a, you know, a cornerback to a Malcolm Butler, a guy that you can potentially get for, a you know, five, six million, something along those lines. Is there a position that is really sticking out to you that you say to yourself, they need to be better there if they're taking the next step? To me, it's always been pass rush, you know, and, and this is where I would, I don't want to say criticize, but this is where you, you might question the way the Bills have handled this because they've given out two fantastic contracts, but like you said, they, they, there's, at this point, it looks like they're just going to run it back with the team they had last year, and that team, frankly, got trucked by Kansas City twice last season, and the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. So, you know, based on that, how close was that team last year to be able to argue, okay, we just bring everybody back and we're good, you know, so that that's where... You know, I wonder. And right now they have, by my math, and everybody's math is going to be a little bit different, and the numbers that are public are very, you know, there's a lot of margin of error. So, you know, keep that in mind, everybody who's listening to this. But I've got the bills right now at about $6 million that they can actually spend. Not space, but, but things that they could just go out, money they could spend on. And you could probably add two more to that, assuming Lee Smith is, is going to retire or not be on the team next year. So let's say seven, eight, nine. You could go get, if it was me, I'd be chasing Carlos Dunlap. I think this is a veteran guy who you can get on a, a relatively affordable year one cap hit. Maybe you go, you know, two years, 16 mil for him, but the year one cap hit's five, something like that. And that's a guy that I think can bring some attitude. Um, he's still a, a physically dominant player, at least at times, and, and certainly a guy who could be a really good bookend across from, from Jerry Hughes. Now, that being said, if Mario Addison is already taking a pay cut, 
then I think the Bills are projecting Mario Addison to probably be their number two defensive end going into the next year. I don't know if they would have an interest there. But to me, pass rush was the spot that the Bills always had to improve, and they really haven't done that yet. And you're right. You know, they, other teams are going to get better, and right now the Bills are standing pat. I've always thought, though, looking at the Bills' cap situation, when it comes to improving the team, I didn't think they'd get J.J. Watt because I thought some team would outbid him, and that happened. I think the same thing for a guy like Carl Lawson. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into, like, the star tight ends, John o. Smith, Hunter Henry, guys who could help on offense, I think there are other teams that are going to pay those guys more money. To me, the Bills getting better next year, I thought was always going to have to be internal. And I look at two guys primarily to make that happen. Number one, Josh Allen. And I know people are like, well, he just was second in the MVP vote last year. How does he get better? Well, the guy took two giant leaps. Year one to year two, year two to year three. The leaps keep getting harder to make, mm-hmm. but you want to bet against Josh Allen making that leap, you, you take that risk on your own. You know, that's on you. Because he's already done it twice. Doesn't mean he can't do it again. And the other guy that I really think is the most likely way the Bills get better is Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy in his rookie year who really flashed. Looked like he could be a terror in the middle. Didn't have quite a great sophomore season. I don't want to say a swoon, but certainly not the improvement that people hoped. Remember, Deion Dawkins had about the same career trajectory. Pretty good as a rookie. Second year, not so good. And then as a third, fourth-year player, he's kind of become this dependable, maybe not elite, but certainly high-end starter. If Ed Oliver does that, that solves a bunch of your pass rush issues by itself. So I don't know if the Bills can go out and get somebody in free agency. It's going to have to be internal. It could also be certainly you know with pick 30 this year in the draft. But it's not going to be – the Bills are not going to get better in the next four weeks. It's going to happen in April or it's going to happen with the guys they already have on the roster. So I think this is the obvious next question. I think you and I agree if you restructure or you allow Mario Addison to take a pay cut, he's on your roster in 2021. Um, I think that's a no-brainer. I just I just don't think I, – I mean, technically, they could get out of it for people that are like, yeah, but technically you can't I, – I just – it's just not going to happen. So for me, if you can't technically – Add or or maybe I think we we agree also that Carl Lawson's probably out if you have Mario Addison here. So if they're not going to likely add a free agent veteran to help that room, maybe that means it's a first round pick at the edge position. But let's pretend that they feel fine about the edge. They it could be better, sure, but I think they feel fine about it. What is the next position that you say? Okay, if I want to help my edge rushers out a bit, or I want to give them opportunity, a better opportunities to be successful. What position would then you then look at? For me, it's cornerback two. Can I get another lockdown corner at the second cornerback position, or a guy that that can provide more value than a Levi Wallace can? Because that to me. Thad becomes the next position of okay. If I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna make changes in the defensive line or, or or substantive change in the defensive line, then I think I need to bring in a legitimate cornerback too on on the other side of Tre'Davious White, and that's maybe how you take the the, the step forward with the defense this year. I 100 percent agree with the strategy, but I think that guy's already on the roster. I, I mm. love Dane Jackson. The two guy two games he played last year, I was I was blown away to the point where I thought it was damn near criminal they didn't play him in the postseason. I, I think he's by far. The sec- or at least was last year and is now the second-best corner in the team. And if they spend good money, like if they went out and got Xavier Rhodes, as good a player as he is, and I think he'd be you know, very, very good as a second corner, I would be upset as a Bills fan because, as we've said, they have limited resources and there are other places they need to spend it. To me, they do not need to spend a dollar on a corner other than to have a depth guy. Dane Jackson has all the potential to be the number two corner. If he's not the starter... I will be stunned going into the next year. I, I think wow. that guy can play. I mean, I don't know if he's like all pro potential, but as a number two corner, to me, that this Dane Jackson is going to be the guy. He's more than capable, and I think Bills fans will be very happy with what they see out of sixteen games at Dane Jackson. So then, uh, I, I I like where your heads at there, Thad, too, because I, I do think they like him, and I think 
anytime you're a player that doesn't get a lot of burn during a season and your general manager in his season-ending interview mentions you by name, I think Absolutely. I think you feel good about where you are on the roster. So with that said, we know that there's probably no way the Bills tender Levi Wallace at the RFA two point whatever million it is right, going to be to I bring agree. him back. So if they go Dane Jackson you would think that it has to probably be a veteran, right? I don't think you just bring back Levi Wallace as that quote-unquote veteran just in case as your, you know, as your backup plan to Dave Jackson. So is there a guy maybe you like that has just been released or a guy that's potentially on the market? Or do you think, hey, they're going all in and that's a position maybe where we can cut some expense and maybe put that into tight end or put that into right guard? I think they're going to have to. You know, whether they want to or not, I think that they need, you know, we they don't have, you know, before we even talk about tight end and right guard, you know, they don't have a kick returner on the team. We don't know who the backup quarterback is. They don't have a punter on the team. So there are things that this team mm, needs right. to spend. It won't be big money, but you still got to spend on that. So uh, to me, I think Levi Wallace is, is a good enough candidate to be that third corner. I thought he actually improved a little bit late in the year. I think you know what you're going to get from Levi Wallace. You know, you're going to get replacement-level play, which, look, as a third corner, is not the worst thing in the world, especially for a team that doesn't have the money to really spend on a, on a big-time guy to be that extra corner. Now, look, the other thing the Bills could do, and I think a lot of teams in Buffalo situation will be doing this, you get to, like, April 1st, April 8th, you know, when we're deep into free agency, then kind of look up and see what's left. You know, yeah. there's going to be players that are available that might come to your team and play, you know, one year, two million. That guy would sign on a heartbeat. You know, I don't know who that will be. Um, but all the bills, we're talking about third corner at this point. And in the situation the Bills are in cap-wise, you have to be able to make, you know, you got to kind of pick your battles. And, and, you know, putting a lot of money into your third corner when you're already spending big on Tredavious White, you just re-signed both your safeties, I don't think that's a, a wise expenditure. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate. This should have been the Bills last year in rookie contract, rookie quarterback contract land, where you got all kinds of room to spend, you can bring guys in. Yeah, you know, right. if the cap had gone, right. if the cap had been like maybe two ten, two fifteen, which is what it would have been without the pandemic, we're not even having these conversations about. Whoa, look at the great job the Bills got with Matt Milano. They're signing Carl Lawson. They're bringing in John. You know, they would have solved every need that they wanted with whoever they wanted, and still had money left over in the cap. So it's kind of unfortunate, but you know, the situation they're in, third corner is, not, and I'm I'm locked into Dane Jackson as number two. Third corner is not a spot I'm spending on. I. uh I completely agree with you. I think it's such a good point to think about. And and I know that everyone kind of talks about the salary cap as being the overall issue, but the the window that the Bills finally created for themselves, I mean, you, you're, you can never plan these things. And if you try to, you end up being in and out of the league quicker than <laughs> than a lot of others. It's just you, mm-hmm. you can't typically, you can't prepare for the window to open, Thad. And I think that's such a great point about, you know, kind of the unfortunate nature of where the NFL is from a salary cap perspective. But I also think, um, you know, what we're talking about is issues stemming from having to pay your quarterback potentially top of value on the market. And, and for me... That's a conversation I've always welcomed with open arms. So I, I you know, and, and I know Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they're they're in a better place knowing they have to prepare to pay their quarterback than they would be if they were trying in this in this year to looking for a starter or next year looking for a starter. So they'll take that problem, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred. I, I got Thad Brown here in the Western Hotline. He's a sports director over uh, in Rochester for WORC TV, and he also is the co-host of Buffalo Kickoff Live. Thad, I wanted to get your thoughts as well on the Bills' offensive line because I think it's a hot button issue, particularly. Um, John Feliciano. I think I think he's probably one of the fan favorites. I know a lot of fans love John. Um, I know the locker room loves John Feliciano. I know that they lifted them their play up front when John Feliciano went back in the lineup. Having said that, I think there's a world where 
I would like to have John Feliciano back, but I don't think that world includes him being built around as the starting right guard, therefore giving him starting right guard money. Um, I think really my, my, my tune has maybe changed on him from last year to this year a little bit, but I think ultimately he leaves a little bit to be desired in in terms of if you want, and, and this was a position, this was an offensive line that the coaching staff and, and Brandon Bean said they needed to be better. Well, they basically are running it back at every other position to me, that would lend me to believe that they're going to get better at right guard if they're if this line's going to be better next year. See, I think the Bills believe that a healthy Cody Ford is an improvement at guard, and I, I would disagree with that. I've never been impressed with Cody Ford. I agree Ford. with you. I, I didn't yep. like the pick to begin with, um, but I, I think I think right now, you know, certainly Brandon Bean said he thinks Ford is among the top five uh, offensive linemen on the team, and we know where the tackles are, so Ford's playing guard next year. We know that's one. And they could bring back Ike Butker, which, frankly, for the money, I think is a, a pretty reasonable starting guard. But, you know, if we're going to talk about Feliciano, Butker, and Ford, I think Feliciano is the best of the three. And I agree with you. You know, there's, there are questions with his, you know, ability. I mean, I think he's a pretty solid run blocker. But, you know, you know watching him back film-wise, I know you've seen this, the guy's a swinging gate at yeah. least once or twice a game, you know, against the pass. So the Bills can get better there. They do have the money right now, and, and you know we've talked about it. We started with this. They do have some money for a move, and if if it's not going to be Carlos Dunlap or a pass rusher, then going out and finding a, a guard who can be a little better pass protector, I, I think, would be the, the number one thing to do. And if John Feliciano, you know, is not in the, the future plans, then then you kind of live with that. I, I know it would be a little bit of a blow to the locker room, um, but the Bills can get better and probably need to get better there. Um, you know, and I, I would bring back Ike Bucker almost no matter what yep. because he's excellent depth at worst. Um, and look, if you end up with Feliciano, it's not the worst thing in the world, but you know, then yeah, you're basically running the offensive line back as, as is. And the GM already said that he wanted to get better there. I don't know how you expect it to happen. Again, I think they think Cody Ford would do it by himself. Thad Brown here on the West Her hotline. I'm, the other position I think is maybe most interesting is the tight end position because I think it's one that maybe fans have overvalued or maybe have gotten overly excited about. Maybe that's the position that they really get aggressive at. I'm still not totally sold um, that Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry are realistic targets for this team. I still probably believe it's going to be one of those Tier 3 or even Tier 4 players, a Dan Arnold out of Arizona, um, somebody like that, more so than I think it's going to be a Jonu Smith. So with that said, I'm wondering where you believe or how you believe this team goes after tight end because for me I think if you want to build around Dawson Knox which I think they still have at least some want to do I think you want to get him in more of a traditional position that would fit his skill set and I don't believe his skill set is I'm going to put him in line hand in the ground and ask him to be a part-time blocker part-time pass catcher I think he needs to be the h-back fullback uh, pass catching out of the backfield and also can line up as wide receiver. I want him to do those types of things, the hybrid type things, not necessarily traditional hand-in-the-dirt tight end. So for me, if if building around Dawson Knox is the word, well then I think you're going to go find more of a traditional hand-in-the-ground inline tight end who brings some blocking but can also pass catch for you. Whereas if you want to go after John U. Smith, I think that that's that's signaling you're moving on or you've, you've sort of given up on Dawson Knox. Yeah, I think... First of all, we talked a little while ago about how the Bills aren't in the situation where they can just spend however they want to. This is what life is like when you have that big-time quarterback contract where you're up against the cap almost every season. You have to depend on your younger players to you know, serve important roles. So the Bills are going to have to depend on Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis and guys like that 
to be the improvement to the offense because they're not going to find it in free agency, and they're not going to find it with a high draft pick because they don't have one. As for how they use Dawson Knox, they've split him out quite a bit. I mean, they go five wide. They, they run the tight end wide. You know, I don't know if, if using him in the H-back is going to open up his game that much. And to be honest, he hasn't been that bad a blocker. I don't think he's the no, worst idea in the world, you know, using him as a blocker. I think, you know, one thing we got to remember, Sean McDermott always likes to have that one veteran in every position group. And really the one spot that is crying mm-hmm. out for one right now, assuming Lee Smith is gone, is tight end. So I agree with you. I think, you know, Kyle Rudolph, maybe Jared Cook, I don't know if it's a, you know, kind of a scheme fit, but in terms of that, you know, certainly way on the back end of their career, you're not expecting them to be a dominant player, but are competent at worst, you know, can be a, you know, a good leader, um, a good example to follow in the locker room, that kind of thing. I think that's the tight end the Bills will almost certainly bring in. And I think there's going to be plenty of those guys available. You know, we go back to that mid-April, you know, scenario where let's see who's left and pay that guy cheap. I think there's going to be more than enough tight ends, um, you know, to, to fall into that category that will be available for the Bills. All right, last thing for you, Thad. I, I just kind of want to get your over thoughts, overall thoughts at the running back position. Is this one you expect maybe a veteran to come in? They've got two young guys. T.J. Yeldon's a free agent. They've got two young players. And I know you know Devin Singletary is going into year three. Uh, I, I wasn't overly impressed with Zach Moss. You know, like He was kind of a lot of people's darling um, going into this season as a guy that was going to take over as the, you know, kind of the, the primary back, and, and just that really never happened. Um, do you think they just kind of run it back and maybe try to get better on the offense of line, I, I, I don't think I want to blame the running backs for a lot of the issues that the run game had, but they certainly didn't make it better. Couldn't agree more. I, I, again, I would not. I, I don't think it's on the two running backs, to be honest. I thought both guys in general got just about every yard they could. Remember, this team is not built to run the ball. I mean, most of the offensive linemen are better pass blockers than they are run blockers, and, and I don't see any reason to go away from that. When you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the pass offense that you had last year, I would want to build my offensive line around guys who can pass block better than run block. So I think when it comes to you know, the running back position, you know, unless something you know, kind of stares them in the face or, or jumps up and bites them as, wow, how can we not do this? I don't know if you really want to push any further. They've invested two third-round picks in guys who have at least shown to be capable, you know, maybe not you know, game-changing. Um, I, I know there's the, the big discussion about using a running back with pick 30. I mean – I can see it, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first choice because I think they're going to have to use that pick on a more important position, whether it be a you know maybe a pass rusher, an offensive lineman. So I think the Bills are you know they don't use the running back or the running game enough to where I want to overly commit resources to it. I mean, yeah. let's say they if they end up with Najee Harris from Alabama, don't you feel like you have to give that guy the ball? If yep. Spend a first round pick on him. Yep. So why why do we not want? I mean, is there any situation other than? first and goal at the one, where we don't want Josh Allen to have the ball in his hand. So why are we spending big assets on a running back then? Yeah, that's a great point. Thad, appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy your afternoon, and uh, get, get, get that swing gate lubed up, man. You know, you don't want to be pulling anything early in the spring because it's literally my biggest fear every year is i got to go in. I got, I'm starting some <laughs> yoga now. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is strain a, or, you know, hurt a shoulder or a, a rib or something because the last thing you need to do is, you know, go on the shelf for two, three weeks. That would just be, be torture. So good luck on, the, on, on warming the swing up, my friend, and uh, enjoy the spring. Yeah, I'll say I've never, ever thought of that, and now all I'm going to do is think about that every single time I go out, so I appreciate it. No problem, brother. Appreciate you. All right, see you, man.